safest, cool, and be killed by a shot in the head or a heavy blow to the skull. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Welcome back to H4 Horror, episode 2, part 2 of Dr. Sleep. Hey guys, this is Bach from H4 Horror. Uh, if you haven't heard the first part of episode 2, I suggest you maybe go back and listen to that. Might make a little bit more sense going forward. Nissi, Drews and I would like to wish everyone a horrifically awesome 2020. We can't wait to keep bringing this out Yeah, We're so excited. So keep listening and tune in. Oh my God. Oh, shit. i got to get out of here. Something's going on. Anyway, guys, enjoy episode two, part two of Dr. Sleep. i got to go. takes place in Doctor Sleep was probably one of my most favorite but probably also one of the most intense. Um, basically uh, the true not are now starving. Uh, they're running out of essence and they're trying to track down new victims to remain young and youthful and all that kind of stuff. Um, they track down this small little boy named Bradley Trevor who was played by this uh, young actor named uh, Jacob Tremblay, uh, you may remember him from such movies as The Room, Wonder, and Good Boys. Um, he's a really good actor. Um, they track him down and um, adopt, uh, abduct him um, and end up strapping him on the ground and slowly murdering and torturing him in order to absorb his essence. Um, it's quite a full-on scene. Um, it's sold very, very well. You really do feel it. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It was definitely one of the, one of the scenes that stood out the most for me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it was, yeah, it was horrific, I thought. It's a little bit traumatizing. Man, yeah. this is such a little sidetrack. <laughs> I keep doing this. When you're introducing Bradley, then I couldn't help think of Troy McClure. You may remember Bradley from such films as When I Got Stabbed. <laughs> Alice, Alice through the windshield glass. Yeah. 
Sorry for that, but yeah, that's. I know because you're a Simpsons fan, you'd probably appreciate that. Yes. But um, yeah, that was a brutal scene because it just kept. It just felt like it went forever as well. Like you just, you know, usually see flashes of shit like that to get the sort of gist, but they really just kept on him and just fucking slashing him and. Very torturous. Yeah, it was real torture. Yeah. Um, you could tell he was in pain, like. Are you going to kill me? Like, you know, that kind of... You would yeah. question it as a kid, like, what's going on? And your parents aren't there, you you know? Like, it's fucking scary. And, like, yeah. as a parent as well, um, from my point of view, that was another relatable thing. Like, when mm. I was sitting there, I was, like, actually thinking, like, of my son at that age. And, like, yeah, you're like, fuck. And that, like, you know, that sort of stuff really does happen to kids as well. Like, this torturous mad stuff so yeah another again another relatable um thing and just quickly on that because there's a lot of steam in that scene um mike flanagan was saying it took them a long time to get the steam right because he's like it was a mix between like making it look like if it was too much it looked like people were vaping he reckons and then if it wasn't it, if it was too little it just looked like people were cold and like it's the steam you get when you're oh, cold. Yeah. So it took him, it took him a bit of perfecting to get that right amount yeah. where it's like it's you know you're not seeing it as like you know vaping or being cold. It was like another thing. So I thought that was interesting. But um, yeah, that scene um is brutal. And Nissi, you've got a fun little fact on that scene which we found quite funny. Oh, uh, yes. Um, so while the scene was being <laughs> shot. Um, the actress who plays Rose the Hat, um, Rebecca Ferguson, um, she found it quite hard to perform during the scene. Um, uh, the young actor who was playing Bradley Trevor was selling the torture and the pain so well that she kind of freaked <laughs> out. Um, and after the scene was shot, they kind of got through it, but after the scene was shot, um, all the adult actors were quite shell-shocked and traumatised by what they just sort of acted out. Whereas the little kid just kind of got up <laughs> and just wandered off to the snack bar for lunch and sort of left the other actors there, just, you know, sort of freaking out a little bit. Um, I thought that was kind of funny because, yeah, uh, yeah, he sells it so well that as an actor, I think I'd be a little bit traumatised as well that well, he uh, actually... I feel like I am torturing this child. He, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a cool, cool little thing I found out. And if you've shot that scene, I'd imagine they'd probably do it more than once. Like, you're torturing a kid for fucking quite a long time. So, yeah, that's... I love it. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. cool. <laughs> then you sort of have um, Abra. She tries to stop them, you know, like, taking the kid and taking it too far, too. Um, that's when... What was the quote um, Rose uses? Um, we have a looker or something like that. Yeah, and I, I thought that was interesting, but... Um, my heart broke when Abra's efforts didn't didn't go to plan, sort of thing. And um, yeah, eventually, uh, the boy, you know, the noises all slow down, and yeah, that uh, that was like I wanted to cry a bit. <laughs> and she's like visibly, or she's hysterical. Like her parents come in, they just think it's like a bad dream or something. I think, but yeah, she's really shaken up by having witnessed the whole murder. And it, yeah. It, gives you that intro into and that connection between the knot and Abra too. Like you now she's on the radar, so um they know someone or some some person 
or something's out there that's really shining hard and they're fucking starving, mm. you know, like as you visibly see with Bradley and they need more steam to keep going. So now that's got their interest and um, that sort of leads into the, the hunt the hunt for Abra. So on from uh, Bradley being brutally murdered um, and the not discovering the... Um, uh, discovering Abra. Um, we then go to another mentionable scene that uh, Nissi and I like. Drew's not a massive fan. Hate it. I hate it. She hated it. Crap scene. Doesn't even want to talk no, about it. You guys, you're... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would definitely will pry out an answer from her. But, um, yeah, so basically, Rose is now, um, is now, you know seeing that there is someone someone else um and uh, who is of quite you know a big shining big power so they they are obviously hungry um they need some steam so this next scene um which i really really liked was um was of rose the hat like getting into this meditative uh, meditation sort of state and and basically floating across the planet trying to find um or across the country to try and find um abra and uh, the cinematography i really i noted down was just that there was just no music it was just like just the sound of her flying through the air and for me it like it made me feel like i was watching a dream that i've had like you know when you're flying in a dream it was just so cool to see on the big screen just like this she's right on the edge of like i don't know what that's called but like the between space and just right teetering on the edge of the planet and it was just cool i don't know just like the stars and the imagery was really cool and just having that absence of any sort of sound effect or or like music or anything it was just her raw like this raw scene of her just floating across the country tracking down abra um to find her so yeah drews i know you liked ah uh, sorry nissi <laughs> yeah well nissi i know you like this one so as well so what was your thoughts on that man? um yeah this was another scene that i really liked um i think i liked it because um, where the scene leads to, uh, I feel like sometimes kids are overestimated or underestimated mm. for what they can uh, do when they put their minds to something. Um, I particularly liked how Rose kind of tracks her down and goes into her room, but really you, Rose doesn't know what she's kind of in for. <laughs> um, she thinks she has the upper hand, but really it's the other way around. Um, and just the whole concept of having flown into Abra's mind um, and sort of going through her filing cabinet of um, the idea that the human mind can be sorted into a filing cabinet with memories and stuff like that. It's something Stephen King's used before with another film called Dreamcatcher. Um, but she thinks she has the upper hand and then all of a sudden she's rifling through the files and her hand gets caught in the, in the, yeah. in the drawer. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Abra's there, like, you know. Whoa. Yeah, like, it's just, it's it's really cool, <laughs> just because, uh, yeah, she, all of a sudden, you're just seeing how powerful, potentially, this yeah. girl can be um, when she, you, you're on her shit list. And <laughs> Rose just starts freaking out, and it's fantastic, because 
like she's just she wants to get out of there as quickly as possible she's trying to get a hand out and you can feel the skin being ripped off her hand revealing like the muscle underneath yeah, like it looks, thing. it looks painful. Um, <laughs> but just, there's also this mercilessness <laughs> about um, Abra. Like she just, she doesn't give a shit. It's just like, you hurt my friend, or you hurt this small, innocent child. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some back. And I kind of like that essence of revenge as well. Like yeah. you know, definitely. You yeah. hurt, you hurt someone. I'll hurt, I'll hurt you just as bad. Like. So I yeah I liked I liked that she kind of just the gloves are off and now the skin's off as well and, <laughs> you know I, I really like that um I really like that scene I thought it was really cool yeah yeah no I um I loved it too and it's um and when she she turns around and she's fa- like Abra's faceless like she's got no eye like she just turns it on like she ramps up the fucking scariness in um in Rose like oh, sorry the fear in Rose and you see that as well um just to touch on like when she's at the supermarket and um, Rose sees Abra again because Abra comes through and and basically blasts her about 20 feet away across the floor. It's just like another reminder that like, yeah, don't fuck with me because you don't know what I've got in store for you. And yeah, to see if that, I think that was a nice touch to see Abra with like deface with no eyes and like she was just really, yeah, turning it up. So I, I'd... I like that scene a lot. Just to yeah, it gives you that that feel of um of where Abra can really take things as well. Mm. Um, Drews, would you like to tell us how much you loved <laughs> this scene? I hated it. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, to me, like I love the concept of astral rejection. Um, it's like basically when you're you're asleep, but you're not quite asleep yet. You know, like how sometimes you jump in your sleep? Mm. It's a bit like that, but you can actually, um, in your mind, tell yourself that you want to go somewhere. So if there's a lake down the road, you can be like, all right, we're going to walk around the lake. And you're, you're out there doing it, but you're actually still asleep. So I like that idea of it. I just thought it was so stupid. She just floats above the earth and into space and is watching over the earth. It just looks like a kid's show. Um, but I did like the, um, like it was a meditative state and all that yeah, and her yeah. heart rate quickens, you know, it seems like it's like the hot and cold game. Like the hot, the closer you got, the more your heart rate, um, uh, went up and, you know, she finds Abra's house, opens a window, flies in, um, you know, the, the girl with no eyes, like I think that was Abra, that looked cool. Um, but yeah, look, not my favorite scene, but it had to be in there, I suppose. Um. But then I spoke, because I hate this scene so much, I'm going to keep moving on. <laughs> um, the, the true knot, they get really hungry at this stage. Like, they haven't had a feed for a while now. Baseball boy had to be divvied up between the whole family, the whole lot of them. Divvied up. I like that. <laughs> and now <laughs> they're so hungry. And um, Grandpa Flick starts to get a bit frail. You know, he's needing a feed. And then, then we come up to his... Death. Yeah. Does anyone want to talk about this? Yeah, let's. I'll pass over to Nissi for the death. This was way better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, actually, it's it's kind of it's cool because you kind of see, um, you kind of get a full picture of what being in the knots like. Um, you see them being initiated into the knot with new characters like 
Snakebite Andy and you see what it's gonna, where it leads to uh, with Grandpa Flick and not having a feed. Um, just, yeah, um, pretty much like he's on his way out. His essence is slowly d- disappearing. Um, and everyone in the, the true knot knows that like it's coming. Uh, obviously, they've seen this before, um, so they know what to expect. You kind of also, it's revealed that these guys have been around for centuries. Mm, um, yeah. They've lived a good life. They've lived a good life. Uh, <laughs> they've fed on many, many children. Um, and that, you know, it's just unfortunately a, a natural process within the knot that some of you guys aren't going to make it. Um, I think the thing that I thought was really interesting was that um, once he kind of disappears and evaporates into steam himself, how quickly the others in the true knot devour him. Oh, like scavengers. Yeah, just yeah. they're yeah. so hungry. It's sort of like... We, like didn't even mourn him. No, they're didn't even like, mourn right. him. Just, <laughs> just went in. As soon as he disappeared, they just went in. And it sort of highlighted how, I don't know, just how little they cared. Yeah. Like, or when starvation is slowly starting to hit, like, you'll eat anything. Like, mm. well, if you were yeah. out in a boat and you know there was you and your mate, like, and you had to eat, like, I reckon you would hallucinate off the salt water and be like, mm, "You look like yeah. tasty chicken." Look at your guys. <laughs> just thinking, just while you guys are talking, then it made me think of like um, when someone does die, it kind of is like that. I mean, I know it's not like there's not steam and you're sucking up, you know, dead people's bodies, obviously, but. Like, when someone dies, it is like the fam... Like, you know, you hear families and stuff and you're dealing with the the stuff that's left over from those those people that have died. It's like people jump on it. It's like, mm. what the fuck of money are we getting? What jewellery? What things... Get, like, it kind of yeah. is a reflection oh, on, yeah. like, yeah. What, what actually happens but instead, as well. Yeah, but really, this is, like, life. Like, yeah. we're giving up your life as best we can, but... yeah. It's a relatable concept. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's a metaphor. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. a yeah reflection of how things actually do go a little bit. And um, the, another thing I found interesting about that scene was um, the connection between. It made me think of the the old people in the home as well, because like, it's like the same before. No matter who you are, it's like whether you're this innocent old person who's lived a, you know you're a good person, you've lived a long life and you're dying or you're this person that's lived for centuries and centuries and, um, like, they're both scared. Mm. Like, he was shitting himself, like, you know, and and Rose had to sort of talk him through it and ease him into this painful death. But, um, yeah, I found that as a bit of a connection too, like, between the people in the hospice and the not. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Dying's dying and it's scary and mm. you don't know what's around, you know, the other side. So difference being with Danny, obviously you get comforted because you know there's a, a something else. But with them, it's like, well, they're always running away from death, you know, like they're always trying to get that next hit. Mm. So they live fucking longer and longer and they just don't have to deal with dying. So in a way, they're like, they're not really as tough as some of the, you know, other people that you do see in the film who mm. just deal with it. Like mm. Once it comes, that's it. You're mm. done. Like, there's no extension. So, I found that, like, a little bit of a connection. I don't know. That's what I made up in my head. But, 
um, I feel like that was yeah some sort of connection anyway. Danny and Billy are really close mates now, best friends, and and Danny confesses all to to Billy all about all his gifts and all that sort of stuff. Um, so Billy and uh, Dan Dan bleh, Danny go and um, retrieve the glove from the baseball boy that's been buried, um, and that's when they begin this trap to to capture the true knot. So what did you guys think about the next couple of scenes? Yeah, no, the, the burial digging up Bradley was pretty fucked up. Uh, and just the way they described, you know, the smelling the flesh and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I suppose it was needed in my mind because you just, like, it needs, it needs to come to a point where Danny, Abra, and was it the true knot? I keep saying the knot. Sorry. Like the pub or yeah. something. Um, call the knot if you like. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, it just needed to happen. Like, there needed to be that segue where they're like, all right, they're eventually all going to meet. So you need that driving force. And the glove was a good one because it was like, you know, average going to touch it and know where they are um, at that point in time. So, yeah, it was, it was necessary to keep the, the story moving forward. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, and you know, obviously you see more shining abilities from Abra expressing that to her father and having him realize that, you know, this is a real thing that's, you know, it's happening and and um, also, you know, um, shows her father that yeah, Danny's not just some sex predator or whatever, you know, it's actually, they're trying to help um, her and, and, and get rid of this whole True Knot crew. So, Nisi, what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, definitely another one of my favourite scenes. Um, just uh, the fact that they, they went on the offensive and realised that um, waiting was probably going to put Abra in danger. Um, whereas, like, you know, devising a plan where they use her as bait and draw them out into the open... Um, where they're fully prepared and ready to go, um, you know, leading to the big shootout that's coming up. Like, <laughs> I, I just thought, yeah, um, there was no other way they were going to get around it. Like, it was the only option they sort of had um, in order to keep us safe. So, yeah, I, yeah. It's so coming up to the shootout. I, yeah. I, I just had a really good time with the shootout. Yeah. The final battle. I, yeah, just, <laughs> it just, it's, it's gnarly. It's just... It's like a, a turkey shoot. It's just like, <laughs> just like, it's just brilliantly done. I just love it sometimes when the good guys have the upper hand and there's just a slaughter in place and it just, oh. it gets me going. I had a good time with this. Yeah. Oh, actually, it actually threw me a little bit because it, we've had like all these, you know, the true not crew with all their special powers and like they can fuck people up with themselves and their abilities and it kind of threw me a little bit because you know next minute they're all to pulling out guns and it's like the classic sort of like action you know movie. action movie <laughs> i'm like fuck man bruce willis is gonna run out barefoot running over twigs and you know or we're gonna see something along those lines um i'm too old for this shit where am i going with that one <laughs> Oh, that's lethal weapon. That's lethal it weapon. was sort of heading into that realm of like a. Yeah, so that did throw me a little bit. And I was a little bit disappointed to see most of that gang go down 
in a spray of bullets. Like I kind of wanted it to be a little bit more like each person was being taken out in sort of more of a unique way. But that's just me being a greedy little motherfucker. <laughs> I want what I want. But no, that look, it needed to happen because otherwise how long's the movie gonna go for yeah. if we're gonna take down each individual person in a unique scary way. So mm. I understand it. I just don't like it. So don't do it again, Mark Flanagan. I'll come after you. I loved it. They like literally annihilated almost the whole cult and like all of a sudden these guns came out. It was like we're a horror movie, now we're an action film. And it got me off guard. Like, it got me, like, going, whoa, what's happening? And at that stage, you're sitting there for a while next to the slip and slide that we were at, at the cinema. And, um, yeah, it was it was really good. It, it sort of got me, like, back interested. And that's when I needed to go to the toilet and I held on a little bit longer. <laughs> um, but my favourite scene out of the, that was when um, Snakebite Andy commanded... Um, Billy to kill himself as oh, she was man. just dying. And then, um, yeah, and I just, that just was like, no, don't do it, don't do it, be more powerful. And um, yeah, he did it. And yeah, that was like brutal as for me. And I thought yeah. that was pretty gory. <laughs> My heart sank a little bit. I was like, come on, come on, uh, Billy, yeah. fight it, man. Because yeah. she's, and like, I hated the fact that she sort of sniggers and laughs as she's like, fucking vanishing into the never never i'm like ah, oh, damn it mm. like you had to get a good guy like you just had to fucking bite one last person before you disappeared so mm. yeah that got me in the feels a little bit too with uh poor billy <laughs> billy <laughs> <laughs> so after the shootout takes place uh our heroes believe that they are relatively safe um, however, that doesn't prove to be the case. Um, they didn't account for Crow Daddy, uh, one of the other pro, um, one of the bad guys. Um, he ends up, uh, kidnapping Abra and kidnaps her, drugs her, puts her in the van and slowly starts driving towards where Rose the Hat is hiding out. Um, from there, uh, Danny is looking for her frantically. Um, and ends up sort of possessing Abra in the back seat of the car. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I love the dialogue between them. Mm -hmm. um, again, there's this... They've underestimated her powers and Danny's abilities as well. Because I think he's now sort of starting to put on the bad cap. You know, mm. I'm a badass too. Here's my cap. Yeah. I'm a registered lethal weapon. <laughs> um, just let's, let's strap ourselves in and see what happens. Um, but I love the dialogue and the exchange between the two, um, you know, Danny possessing Abra, yeah. talking to Crow Daddy and the back and forth that we've all lost people in this and it's like, well, I think we might lose someone else in just a moment, but let's see where this <laughs> goes. I don't know about you guys, but what did you guys think about like the dialogue and them chatting between the two of them? Yeah, no, it was, um, my favorite bit, yeah, when it comes to head and... And Danny um, says to Crow Daddy, like, you know, you think you... Like, basically, like, this feels like you think you're so smug doing what you're doing. You don't even have your fucking seatbelt in, man, because you think you're going to live forever. And I really like that. Yeah, that's just like a real... That's when you can feel the momentum shift back to... Um, or the power shift back to Abra and, and, and Dan, because they're just like... Yeah, you, you, in that moment when it's there, yeah, you get the shot of the no seat belt on, you're like, oh man, this guy's fucked. And that's exactly what 
the movie, deli- you know, it delivers. Like, you just see him flying through the window. And I'm surprised that... I was kind of surprised that that killed him. Like, I don't know. Because they are this tough gang and, like, you know, they've lived for centuries. Like, you think it would take a lot to kill, but it, it just goes to show, like, you know, anything that a human can die from, they can too. It's just that they've lived for longer because they're doing this freaky shit. But, yeah, no, I like the... The back and forth and yeah dan and dan was quite smug I, and it was yeah it was cool <laughs> <laughs> i definitely liked when he did go flying out the window that abra says i hope that hurts a yes. lot <laughs> yeah it's like yeah of yours but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then I, I suppose like then her father um back at the house mm. um he passes away because he's murdered and then they sort of return to the Oh the hotel. my god. We're heading to the Overlook Hotel for this next part. Holy shit. <laughs> the, the Outlook Hotel. Where everything is possible. The Outlook, oh. the Outlook Inn. Come and stay for a great time. No, yeah. That's that fucking, like I was saying before, um, it's actually the real footage from The Shining, which is one of only two that was taken from that. But yeah, man, I felt like in the cinema, I don't know if it was the same for you, Nissy, but. Um, I felt like the sound, like even the volume and the bass, like the, like, you know, when it's showing the canyon and the island and then, you know, the car go up the mountain, it was like, recognizable oh my music God, is like, like pumping now. We are fucking heading to the Overlook, like this is getting, this is getting real. And yeah, I really, that got me excited. Mm. Like, it was almost like fucking open the gates to Jurassic Park or something. I was like, fuck, this is going to be sick. Yeah, um, yeah. Co- coming into that sort of last sort of scenes, um, yeah, the fact that Danny is ready to face his fears. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, that's it's good the point. place that just haunted him since he was a child, but it's a place that's not only going to be bad for him, but it will be bad for Rose as well. Um, so it's going to be a level playing field, and he knows this, but Rose doesn't. Um, I guess, I guess at the same time, it's kind of coming full circle now. Like, yeah. um, and it's just that ominous kind of feeling like you just don't know, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't have any idea where this is going to go just cause I mean, Stephen King's just so good at like throwing your favorite characters under the bus. And <laughs> yeah. Just, so yeah, leading into this, um, yeah, it's just that final showdown you've been waiting for and yeah, I was digging it. Yeah, um, it definitely hit me in the nostalgia uh, feels with just seeing the Overlook and the drive and and um, being faced, you know, they're parked out the front. It's again, you're getting this flashbacks from The Shining where it's like, you know, the lights on in the car and, and those dark sort of scenes illuminate. Like, yeah, just, man. But then, yeah, I fanboyed. When um, he walks in, um, he's like facing his fears and he, he just bolts in and he's like enters the hotel turns the lights on you know wakey wakey and then he goes to the old boiler room to turn like i suppose all the voltage and all the power on and he just he just walks through the hallways that you know he was so terrified at um you know goes back to where they were staying in the shining and you still see red rum you still see axe holes in in the yeah. doors um, it's pretty, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's such an abandoned place and he brought it to life by coming in. 
Mm. I like the touch with the fluorescent lights and stuff too. Like, again, the cinematography of just not, just less is more. Like, mm. you don't have to always have this one, like, you know, French horn, like, blasting through to get this feeling. Like, just having the sounds of the fluorescent lights, like, coming to life when, while Danny's walking down the hallways and, and hearing the buzz and the creaks and just letting Overlook do its thing to create the feeling in in mm. those scenes is just yeah I really like that simplicity just yeah that shone mm. hey, so. you mentioned before like um history repeats itself I actually have that written down <laughs> yeah. but when he when he walks into the ballroom that's exactly what happens and oh. the bartender Lloyd's there mm. looks exactly like a young Jack Nicholson um what were your thoughts on that scene? um uh, firstly, I like the <laughs> fact that they didn't try... Recently in a lot of films, they've been just digitally remaking old actors to look young. I'm glad they didn't try and digitally remake Jack Nicholson to make him look what he did 40 years younger. Yeah. I like the fact that they found an actor who looked quite similar to Jack and put him in the place and all of a sudden Jack's become what the bartender was to Jack in The Shining. I thought it was really sad... But also, like, when I say sad, I thought it, it... I just felt for Danny. You could see that there was so much un, um, he'd never dealt with and finally had a chance to talk to his dad and, you know, tell him what it was like. Like, you weren't there. You disappeared. Like, mm. just... I don't know. I just felt very sorry for yeah. uh, Danny. Um, and at the same time, I felt like he got a bit of closure, but could also see what was happening, like the same tricks that the Overlook had played on his dad. They were trying to play with him, and yeah, he definitely. wasn't having a bar of it. He saw he saw right through it and just called it out for the bullshit it was. It was just like, no, you're not my real dad, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell. I'm going to say exactly what I've always wanted to say to my dad, and never had the ability to. Yeah. Never had the option, or you know, never had that chance. I'm yeah. Lay it on the line here, and this is how I feel, and. Yeah. Yeah, for a, just closure and yeah, what just closure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a really positive, positive S- scene. Maybe yeah. Small minor detail, and this is me being the fucking derailer again. But you know how he, so the Lloyd offers him the oh, glass of Jack Daniels, and he just <laughs> almost knocked the iPad off it, and he slides it off the end and it smashes. When he walks off, the glass is back. Like it's sitting in that same spot, and I'm like, did that just actually happen, or was that just to make you like to show you that it was an imaginary thing, like it's not actually? And I know it's such a small thing, mm. but I don't know, was that a stuff up or was it on purpose? What do you reckon? Um, like, I interpreted that a little bit differently. Okay. Um, just <laughs> no, well, just going to the shining. Uh, Lloyd the bartender, the ghost, offers Jack a drink and Jack just takes it. Even though he's off on the band, on the wagon, he gives up and he, he takes a drink and all of a sudden all that shit happens in the in the shining. Mm. Whereas with Danny, like he had that strength to go, No, I don't want it I don't want it. Yeah. And just Yeah. You know, Changes refuses it. And yeah, just yeah, he shows that strength that no, I'm done with all that. You're not gonna get me the way the same way you got my dad. No. Like that's not happening tonight. Like yeah. I'm, I'm saying no to you. I'm saying no to the booze. Like 
yeah. I've chosen my path and this is this is how it's going to end. Yeah, like, true, we're yeah. going this way. Yeah. So. And, yeah. and then as soon as he says uh, no and everything, that's, I guess, when Rose comes and, and Dan, Danny gets um, Abra out of the car because she was waiting in the car while he was inside. Um, and then they are confronted. So then have you noticed that the axe in the original, I think, was... It looked like it was used again. It was in the hotel. I think they flicked to it. Yeah, it looked kind of sparkly and new though. Like it was in a case. Yeah. It was in behind a glass yeah. case. Yeah. So was there multiple axes on site? I don't know. You're Sorry. both looking at me like I, I, I know. Um, unfortunately, I know nothing about <laughs> this. Um, I just assume that an axe is an axe, and it's it may have just it may symbolic. Have, it may have just lain dormant for thirty or forty years, and now the axe is. So just a symbolic, I yeah, you know, connection between the shining and Doctor Sleep. Yeah, mm. I think so. Yeah. But then they they go, um, they make her go to the, they shine her to the maze, don't they, Rose? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then um, that's that, where yeah, Abra slashes the back of Rose's leg. Oh, uh, just the one weakness for any 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 evil character. Go for the Achilles. Yeah. Just have a slash. Um, yeah. Just uh, again, um, Rose is just not very good at learning from her prior lessons. Not to underestimate these two, you know, Danny and Avra. She's so fixated that she's just lost that ability to reason and go. Oh, maybe I should just. Mm. See what's gonna come, um, but she just like dives head on in and just, you know, um, again, uh, she's so concerned about Abra that she totally forgets that Danny even exists and that, I don't know, Danny's just as powerful and yeah, just, just as tricky and they set the trap and everything like, Rose thinks she's inside Abra's mind and she's chasing down Abra, but really it turns out it's not at all. And she gets herself pretty fucked pretty quickly. And it's one of those yes moments like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but eventually she does um, see um, Danny's powers because she goes, ooh, like you're handsome or something like that. And yeah, tries she, to she does flow sign with him, him up a bit. to their weird yeah. little culture. Um, but yeah, and then you, you have the, the axe fight. Um, man, um, how good would it yeah. be if, if Danny had a busted out like a, here's Danny and just smashed another <laughs> hole in the door. Opp- like, opportunities missed for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that was, I wanted to hear it here somewhere, but we didn't get it. Oh, well, that probably would have been tacky as fuck. <laughs> but no, that was, that was definitely a fist pumping moment. With uh, Rose the Hat going down. And two, all the people that from the Overlook, like, everyone's just pounding down on her. Fucking mm. the twins, they're all just clawing away. And, um, yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah. I liked it. But just going back to what Driz was saying, um, the axe moment and um, <laughs> and what you were saying, Buck, with uh, going from, like, two kind of separate films, but all of a sudden just being connected together by showing like the same sort of staircase scene where Danny's yeah. fighting off what's her face Rose the hat with the axe similar to the mum taking on Jack Nicholson's character with the baseball bat like yeah. I like the contrast between the two of them and sort of you know going back to those iconic scenes yeah. um, 
Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. For that. me, they kind of implied that Rose was like the more overpowering, stronger one of the two because Danny's in his mum's position. Mm. Like I noted that in my head. I'm like, hang on. I mean, he's not fucking as flimsy and hopeless as her, but <laughs> he is the one stepping back. He's the one. <laughs> it's all right, man. You can laugh. <laughs> He is the, the, word, oh, she's the word just, flimsy just doesn't get used, used enough sometimes. I, I love it. She's I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, it's a great word. She's like, ah, yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that. I don't want to ruin that. But I just noted that Danny was the one taking the step backwards. Yeah. So he's not like coming taking the charge like Jack Torrance did. He's the one reeling back up towards the stairs while Rose is um is sort of showing her dominance over over Danny but you know that's just I don't know just blindsided so that's sick I mm. like that mm. Drew's yeah. uh, just the boxes I guess coming to play in this bit um, don't want to spoil too much um, but yeah sorry um, basically the boxes coming to play again <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, 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 it gives the boxes more more relevance like and a, a nice little twist too because up until then it's just boxes lock things away it's not you know opening boxes to 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 then attack something because obviously Danny doesn't want to have any of that shit come back so that was a nice little surprise you know like he, I don't know I wasn't I thought he was trying to lock her away I'm like oh he's you know, Rose is another fucking person. He's just going to lock away with the rest of his dormant bloody evil entities that he's got there. But yeah, to have him just go fucking ka-ching and like just open them all up is, um, it was a nice little weaponry, I suppose, to have. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like he was just prepared to fuck everything up. Like opening that, you know, it's leads, anyone could have been attacked. So... Mm. Um, yeah, that no, was a nice surprise and a nice, nice touch to have all those characters come back and, um, yeah, like I said, be clawing away at Rose the Hat. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Buck. Um, I think you might have ruined a little bit of the the ending and the punchline. <laughs> oh man, thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> you ruined oh, it. The butcher. The butcher. See, so this is this is why we have rehearsals. <laughs> the butcher, man. I should be going from actually Buck the butcher and butcher's quotes and everything in between. Thanks a lot, Buck, for uh, ruining <laughs> uh, ruining the ending there. Um, there is a little bit more to the movie, but we'll save that for your own general viewing pleasures. That's, look, when you let me go, this is this is what's gonna happen. Time up. They were both looking at each other, going, "What the fuck's this guy doing?" Um. Anyways, what we will say is that um, the ending leaves it open to potential sequels and an expansion on this universe. Uh, I personally hope they do do something with it because I think it's a lot of fun and I think it'd be cool to see what happens with the characters. Um, what's interesting to note is that the film didn't do that well. Um, yeah. it, I know, I know. Uh, it had really good reviews, but, um, it's box office takings weren't great. No. Um, personally, I don't know if it's because, um, there's just been a, a lot of Stephen King adaptations mm. recently mm. in a lot of different platforms, not just in theater and a lot of remakes. I don't know if there's sort of like an oversaturation and people who are maybe a little bit sick of Stephen King at the moment. Um, 
I also don't know if like the marketing for the film was um that great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys had heard anything about Doctor Sleep before it even come out. Uh, were you guys aware of the film coming out? Uh, I was, and I knew it was somehow related to The Shining. Um, but that's only because like I like horror, and mm. things pop up on my Facebook to say that's being released. But yeah, uh, what about you, Buck? I yeah, don't I don't know. The preview, yeah, had snippets of the Overlook, which I recognised. But yeah, it wasn't. If you're not a horror person, or you're not obviously into Stephen King stuff, then you're not going to know that that's The Shining. So maybe they fucked up a little bit there. But um, I mean, to have a budget of 45 to 55 mil and then only rake in 70.2, um, that's really, that's not good. Mm. So yeah, it's a bit, that's a bit sad thinking about that. Like yeah. it, it could have, it, it's sort of underrated now. So you're going to have to spread the word after you see the film and, and let people know that, you know, this is actually worth seeing. So yeah, I mean, when we went to go see it, it was only like one session time a day left. It was like mm. quarter to nine in a kid's theatre with a fucking slide. You go in there and you watch it. Yeah. yeah. Get it for so, the experience yeah. to hear it in the cinema. Yeah. That's it. Get out there and go see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys, just if you like what you've heard um, <laughs> or if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. We will put a spoilers at the start of this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, just check it out. It's a really good film. Um, yeah. What would you rate it, Missy? Um, okay, so I'm going to do a rating out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Ooh. I deducted one point for not enough axe play. And I deducted another point because I didn't like Danny's uh, sweaters. He was wearing a lot of sweaters. So <laughs> um, for those two reasons, I'm going to get just give it an 8. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a harsh critic. I just can't stand sweaters. What, what about you, Drews? Do the sweaters bring it down for you or are you all right? No, I'm, I'm all right with that. Um, <laughs> I didn't really notice it. But yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would give this... Look, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, being a sequel, I thought, mm, but uh, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Oh, and wow. the only reason this is almost actually a... maybe a nine. No, I'm no, go no, about that stupid scene. Um, so oh. yeah, it's gonna get a nine from me. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty high. Um, I'm probably more on par. Yeah, with this, I'm gonna give this eight axes out of ten. <laughs> eight. Here's Johnny out of ten. <laughs> um, yeah, liked it all. The nostalgia, um, really got me. The simple little things, the cinematography, um, and just seeing those, you know, scenes from The Shining recreated. Um, yeah, just, yeah, fanboyed pretty hard. Uh, even if, if it turned out to be a shit storyline or plot or whatever, it, you know, I still probably would have liked it, so I'm a bit biased. But, um, yeah, I'm giving it 8 out of 10 and definitely recommend trying to see it while it's still in the, uh, in, in the, at the yes, movies, yeah. theatres. Yeah, because I don't know if it still is or not when you hear this but if you can track it down somewhere it might be some shitty time but try and um try and get in there and see it so yeah doctor sleep thumbs up all right guys well that's uh that's the end of the episode um thanks buck thanks driz it's <laughs> all right um no worries well uh next week we're gonna be doing the shining 
um, and yeah. having a good chat about that. So holy shit! Um, I know, right? Oh, I can't run. Red Ram, Red Ram. Oh my god, Red Ram. Um, anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to hurt episode. you. I'm just going to bash your brain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Uh. Nissy, Drews, and I would like to say a massive thank you to everyone who's followed and supported us so far from family and friends. And also to all the people on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you so much for your support. I mean, we're still so young. We're only three episodes in now. We're like a newborn baby podcast. But uh, all the support so far has been so good. So thank you guys. We really appreciate it.